Hi there, and welcome to this week's episode of the Rashcast with Jake and John. I'm Jake. And I'm John. Uh, and so here we are. We said last week that the Nats needed to go three and three this week to keep up their wild card hopes, uh, and they went exactly three and three. They listened they won- to us. They clearly listened to this podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, they won two out of three against the Twins in Minnesota, and then they uh, got they lost the first two in Atlanta, uh, or in D.C., excuse me, to Atlanta. to Atlanta. And then they won today 7 to nothing, which was a pretty huge, impressive win. Uh, Anibal Sanchez goes seven strong, three hits, no runs. Yep. Uh, so very similar, kind of similar to last Sunday too, where you know the Nationals had kind of its make or break win and they made it, and so you kind of end the week on a good note, and you're not as concerned as a, the loss would have been because the loss brings it down to two and four on the week. The Brewers just came back against the Cardinals. The Cubs are going to win today. And so it's... Uh, hey, it hey, look- what do you say? Yeah. Uh-huh. So, you know, a loss today would have been bad. A win yep. holds things stay where they are. So that puts us, you know, assuming the... I mean, the Brewers just hit a game-winning Grand Slam, presumably. I know we're recording this in the top of the ninth, right after the Braun Grand Slam. Mm-hmm. So... Um, yeah, that Pre- presumably the standings will look like this: with fourteen mm-hmm. to go, the Nats will be a game and a half up on the Cubs, uh, and two and a half games up on the Brewers. Uh, with the Nats, will have fourteen games. They've got three. Uh, they've got six away games and eight home games. Mm-hmm. Uh, next week is their last road stand. They've got three against the Cardinals, then their last day off of the year, then three against the Marlins. Uh, and I would say, ideally, uh, they should go four and two this week. Uh, yeah, you think so? I mean, you, that assumes you can sweep the Marlins, which you hopefully do. You know, it's hard. It's hard to put yourself in a situation where anything but a sweep is disappointing. But that's kind of where you are at this point in the schedule, where you have, um, where you have the. Cardinals, Phillies for five, and Indians, you need to take advantage of the easy games that you have. And so sweeping the Marlins is kind of a necessity in this stretch of the schedule. Well, I mean, so the Nationals will have their big three going against the Cardinals. They will have uh, Strasburg tomorrow against uh, Dakota Hudson, who's been really phenomenal this year in an under-the-radar way. He's got 15 wins at 338 ERA. Then they'll have Corbin going against Miles Michaelis and Scherzer against Adam Wainwright. Uh, And the Cardinals have very good front-end starting pitching, not the Nationals' caliber, but uh, the point is with the Nats rolling out their their best three starters, they could win two out of three. And if they they win two out... At this point, frankly, you've got, you know limited amount of time left on the schedule to the point where you can really sort of say how many wins the Nats will need to have for the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've got 82 now. I would say that up two and a half, 89 probably gets them at least a playoff spot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the interesting thing is the Nats with the Cardinals loss today are only a half game back of the Cardinals. 
Right. So that means that pretty much that we need to finish better than two of the uh, one of the Cardinals, Cubs, or Brewers for the rest of the season, which is right. interesting. Yeah. Just one of them. Just one of them. Mm-hmm. So I think I mean. It's and the Cubs and the Cardinals have a lot of head to head left. They have seven head to head left. The Brewers' schedule from here on out is a cakewalk. They play the Padres, the Pirates, the Reds, and I forgot the other team they play, but it's so bad. Uh, I think it's the Rockies. Yeah, I think it's the Rockies too. Uh, the Cubs have seven against the Cardinals, but besides that, their schedule is not too tough. And the Cardinals arguably have the hardest stretch of any of the three of those, with seven against the Cubs and three against us. That's right. I mean, the the Nats have a reasonably. I mean, and also they did play the Diamondbacks too. That's the other team. The so that's four. I mean, three playoff possible playoff teams, and then the Diamondbacks, who are, you know, not great, but they're above five hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Nats have the the easiest series of. All four teams. We play the worst team, yeah. Yes. They, they play, obviously, the Marlins for three. Uh, and they haven't lost to the Marlins since uh, April, uh, which isn't, well, no, since May, excuse me. Uh, since the last day of May, actually. But uh, they, I mean, it's, it's not to say you can never really guarantee a sweep, especially... Uh, you know, when you're on the road, but the, mm-hmm. the Nats should, at the very least, win two of those games. Yeah. Uh, like we said, the Nats need to get uh, seven wins, probably to guarantee themselves a playoff spot. And in this mm-hmm. schedule, it's it's definitely doable. Yeah. Uh, you win you one game. You win one game against the uh, Cardinals. Two games against the Marlins. You go three and two against the Phillies in that five game stretch, and then you finish off with at least a win against the Indians and bam, that's 89. Yeah. And the Indians are sort of kind of, I mean, they, I wouldn't say fading per se, but they've just lost two or three. Well, they won today against the twins. They lost lost two or three against the twins. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're two back of a playoff spot. So maybe they're not playing for anything. Who knows when our series rolls around against them. That's true. They're, yeah, two games back of a playoff spot at this point. I mean, I, I would be very surprised. But uh, I don't know. Not, all it takes is you know one or two more games difference in a week and a half. Like, that's possible. Yeah, I mean that that's true. Uh, but I wouldn't I wouldn't count on it by any no. stretch. Uh, I mean, it's it's the Nats have by the way played very well against the AL Central this year. Uh, mm-hmm. They've only lost a total of three games against AL Central opponents. Well, the AL Central is uh, also pretty terrible. Oh, no, we lost four, four games. Against five games. We split two and two against the White Sox. What? We went three and one against the White Sox. We did? Uh-huh. I don't think so. Yep. Won the two at home and then went one and one That's right. on the road. Uh, so right. the Nats, yeah, the Nats have a... I mean, They've lost won, one game to each. That's right. Well, East team, yeah, um, Central yeah. team. They won, uh, yeah. So they're not that that matters or really means much of anything, but uh, it's not as though they've played poorly in interleague play this year. No. Uh, 
it's, I mean, you look at the schedule, the Nats have a reasonably hard schedule, but it's probably easier than the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. uh, ideally, I would like to see them take two or three against St. Louis, but it's not a necessity. Uh, I mean, but what we've this, said, what we've said all in the past since the beginning of September, is all the Nats need to do is go 500 this month, and I think that still holds true. And yeah, winning seven games gets you there. Yeah, and I mean, well, it doesn't get you to 500, 500 for, the for the month, but it does but get you to 500 yeah. for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, the Nats, incredibly, given where they were in May, managed to put themselves in a position where they could back into a playoff spot, which, mm -hmm. I mean. Obviously, they're going to finish maybe nine games out of the division, which is not what you wanted at the beginning of this season. No. Uh, I, I had the Nats down for 91 wins. They could get there. Uh, yeah. More likely, they'll get to 89, you know, 88, 90, somewhere around there. Yeah. So, you know, it's hard to call this season a disappointment so much as the, the Braves have just... I mean, I, mean they, I, I think the Braves are the best team in the NL. I do. I think the Dodgers had a good stretch when they came out of the gates, and they had Ryu and Bellinger playing otherworldly. I mean, Ryu looked well, really good last night. We should mention that the Dodgers are only a game and a half back at the Braves since May 24th. Yeah. Uh, so it's not as though they've played badly. No, it's not like they've played badly. But I think the Braves are playing in a tougher division than the Dodgers are. Yeah. So they've had a lot more difficult opponents to play. I mean, the NL East, you know, turned out to be the toughest division in baseball. Yeah. It wasn't I the mean, closest, but it was the toughest. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, you could the Central, the NL Central is the only other team division that's kind of close. Um, I mean, the AL Central too. But the AL Central is terrible. But yeah, the NL Central is the. I mean. So that kind of turned out the way people thought, and the Braves have been able to do very well. I mean, they have 93 and 58. They'll probably win 100. Uh, I mean, this is my argument why you know people say, oh, the kind of something that we could talk about a little later in the show about the Red Sox, um, how they're 79 and 70. But that I think that's a lot more disappointing than their actual schedule, their actual record shows. Because, because they the play the Blue level. Jays. They play the, the Blue Jays. They play the O's. I mean, they have six against the Tigers, six against the Royals. I mean, the AL, the bottom of the AL is so much worse than the bottom of the NL even is. I mean, I'm not saying the bottom of the NL is that good, but it's certainly better than the bottom of the AL. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, the Red Sox are only 79-70 against, you know, getting 18 games against the Blue Jays and the 36 of their games this year are against the Blue Jays and the O's, who are terrible. I think that tells a story better than, you know, oh, if they were in the NL, they'd be in a playoff spot or close to a playoff spot. Yeah, I mean, and you look at the Indians who could miss the playoffs on a 94-win pace. I mean, your, your instinct, your gut reaction is to say, oh, poor Indians. But, you know, they've gotten to that 94-win pace, getting to play the – White Sox, the Royals, and the Tigers, uh, a grand total of uh, 57 times. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not as though... And that's part of my argument also. I think, you know, on paper, the Astros are the best team in baseball. You know, the Yankees have the best record. I think the Astros have the most talent in baseball. But mm -hmm. I think the second best team is an NL team. I don't know. I mean, if, 
going by my logic, it's the Braves. And I just think, I know it's hard to, you know, people kind of disagree with me. That's my hot take. The Braves are the second best team in baseball. But I think their lineup can wear out, and especially in October, that lineup can wear out starting pitching so fast. Just I mean, they put up good at bat after good at bat. You know, with Marquez coming back and the way that he played this weekend, he looks just as good as he ever has. Those top five hitters between Acuna, Albies, Freeman, Donaldson, and Marquez, I think that's a top five you can't beat anywhere else. And their bullpen has kind of leveled out in recent weeks. Um, you know, those guys who they got have been playing better. They figured out the rules for them. Um, and the rotation, I mean, with Soroka, I mean, Freed, it kind of, looks like he's kind of fading possibly. So I, it's a little uneasy about that. But Keuchel, who has a postseason experience, I think I, – I, I say don't sleep on the Braves. I think they are a very um, – very dangerous team in October. I sure. They... I don't think anyone's sleeping on them, but like you look at the Dodgers rotation yeah, and it's, it's leagues ahead of the Braves. I just, I don't know how you can say that the Braves are, are so definitively the better team or the best team in the NL. I mean, I, they've I just... got, they've got bullpen issues that have somewhat resolved themselves. Uh, but they don't really have frontline game seven type starting pitching. Uh, I and mean, they might have knows, a Cy Young winner in Soroka. I would bet it would be Degrom at this point. I also uh, think it's going to be Degrom. I think he's definitely has the best case of anyone. Um, Scherzer just could have. If Scherzer came back and pitched really well in September, I would have said yeah. I would have made his case for it, but he hasn't, and so Strasburg's ERA isn't there. Um, and so it's, it's going to be Degrom. But Soroka's not that far behind. Um, he's just been great this year. Uh, I don't know. I think, you know, with Ryu kind of – he looked – again, Ryu looked good last night, but he's been kind of fading recently. Um, I mean, they still have Kershaw, but Kershaw's postseason was our, yeah. our thing. They're real. They're, They're legitimate. Real. And he's, you know, working with diminished stuff than a giant juice ball. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, who knows? Uh, I don't know. I'm. I think that. Like I was talking to a friend of mine who's a Yankees fan. I mean, he's a little irrational, but I was saying I think the Braves are better than the Yankees, which is a hot take. I will give say that. But he was so not having it at all. I think people are just kind of sleeping on the Braves. I, it could be a recency bias from watching the Braves a bunch in the last two weeks and seeing how good they actually are. But I, I'm really high on these Braves. Yeah, I mean. The Nats have legitimately played a tough schedule over the last couple of weeks, which mm-hmm. makes it sort of hard to judge how much they're falling off. Given, I mean, they didn't play such a weak schedule when they were so incredibly hot. Yeah. I mean, they, they swept the Cubs. I don't think that the, you know, they, they beat the Brewers two out of three. I should have swept them. They, you know, bludgeoned the Reds, who are not a bad team. Uh, yeah. It's, I mean, they've struggled against, mostly against their division opponents. Mostly uh, just against the Braves and the Mets. I mean, that's it. Yeah. And well, the yeah, Mets, and they, have, Mets have just had our number all year. And that mm-hmm. just happens from time to time. I mean, sometimes we have the Mets number. Sometimes they have our number. And well, yeah, basically every year that they're good, they have our number. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and the Braves are just a legitimately good team. So I'm not overly concerned. 
about we'll where see. we stand now. I'm we'll not. See. I think I mean, we'll see. I mean, yeah, of course we have to see, but I'm not overly concerned as where we are right now. I think the Cubs are getting a little bit, you know, hot, but they just played the Pirates, who are terrible. I mean, it's just it's so fast. Like the the perspective opponents that we're talking about. I mean, it's pretty much Cubs, Brewers, Cardinals at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, for the Nats, the Cardinals are the healthiest. The Cubs have serious injury issues right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, and the and, and they may have just lost Rizzo. They yeah. have lost Baez. Uh, it's, I mean, real. By the way, it's now seven to six. Uh, Brewers in the bottom of the ninth. Uh, Dang. Josh Hader gave up another home run. Just, yeah, I mean that's I mean, I mean that's also something. Josh Hader not being as good as he was last year. He's been amazing in terms of strikeouts. Yeah, I mean, it's, and just he gets of homers. Yeah, I mean the the Brewers are I mean you got to look at their lineup, you got to look at their starting pitching. Uh and we didn't I talk mean, about them last week when we were talking about wild card previews, but they're mostly just talking about the the, uh, the Diamondbacks. But yeah, the the I mean the Brewers have been able to do through the strength of schedule, but they've beat up on the Cardinals this weekend. It, I mean, possibly are taking two or three. Who knows? This is still very live uh-huh. as we're doing this record. Recording. Yeah, this will not. This will not age well. No, but um, regardless. Uh, so if the Brewers win, they're three back of the Cardinals, mm-hmm. and the Cubs are two back. Yeah. So it's going to be. I mean, this series against us is big for. For every team in the Central. I mean, yeah. it's funny. It's funny and how it's, it's so hard to figure out who to root for if you're a Brewers or a Cubs fan. Yeah. I um, I mean, I think I mean, you root for us because you want to win that division. You'd rather win the division than win the, make the wild card. That's true. Yeah. And, I mean, given how close the Nats are to the Cardinals, you know, only a half game behind them, it doesn't really make sense to – root against the Nats over that half game mm-hmm. when when you're talking about a chance at a division title versus a chance at a wild card game. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, from those two, three teams, which team would you rather face? I mean, the Brewers th- are hot, but... The Brewers are hot, but they lost their best hitter. Yeah. Uh, and it's not even close. And that, I mean, that changes the lineup completely. Drastically, and yeah, they they're hot because but they played the Marlins this week, and then after that, they're gonna play you know no one good. I mean the Nats were hot going into 2014; they were very hot. Yeah, and then they came out incredibly flat. And I think you know, getting hot down the stretch isn't as big of an issue once the postseason starts. I think that's probably true. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a different beast, and especially in a one-game playoff. I'd rather face yeah. a team with the weakest lineup and the weakest starting pitcher. I mean, the Cardinals have the best starting pitcher of the three of them. The Co- and uh, it's, not the it's, Hudson. it's uh, Jack Flaherty has been lights out in the second half of the season. And yeah. that worries me. I mean, Flaherty is really good. And then that Dakota is Hudson's true. also been good for them. And then the Cubs have Darvish, who has been really good in the second half of the season as well. He is, is coming off a 14 strikeout performance. Yep. Um, so fourteen and six innings, but like, and of the three of the lineups, I mean, all of, none of their lineups. The Cubs without Rizzo and Baez is not a, a good lineup. Uh, no, I mean they still have probably the best hitter of the three of them in uh, in Bryant, right? 
but the Brewers lineup, I mean, is not good without Yelich. The Cardinals lineup has been very mediocre all year because Goldschmidt hasn't been anything, and Carpenter took a huge step back this year and kind of looks cooked. Um, yeah. And so, you know, and Ozuna has been dealing with shoulder injuries. Um, and I mean, has- yeah, I think at this point, you look at all three of their lineups, and they all have big holes in them. Yeah. Uh, I think the thing that distinguishes the Brewers in terms of matchup is that not only do they lack this frontline starting pitching, but, you know, you look at them last year and you would have said, oh, that's fine. They'll just go bullpen game. Yeah. But this the year their bullpen is essentially one deep. Yeah. Uh, and and the one man has been shakier than, than last year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. Then, so, you know, something else to consider with these two teams or three teams is the lefties in their lineup. Because that's going to be a huge problem for the Nats come October. You know, it's going to be a problem for face the Dodgers with Bellinger, with the Braves, with Freeman and Marcakis. And, I mean, if Rizzo's out, that's a huge game changer for the Nationals. Right. Because that's a huge left-handed bat who's not in the lineup. Um, I mean, the Cardinals don't really have much in the terms of left-handed hitting. No. Um, neither do the Cubs without uh, – I mean, Schwarber is probably the Cubs' best lefty without Rizzo. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, th- certainly their most dangerous one. Yeah. Uh, and the then you've got, the you know, the Brewers who just lost Yelich, who's obviously their best uh, the Brewers left-handed just won the game, batter. Though, so. oh. uh, but yeah, they lost Yelich, but they still have Moustakis, who you can't sleep on him. They have Grandal as a switch hitter, so you can beat, that doesn't really you know change much. Cause, He's a switch hitter who is better batting left-handed. Yeah. Which is rare, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, they probably still, even without Grand or without uh, Yelich, have the best left-handed bats, which yeah. I think uh, segues us into our our sort of last segment. Yeah. Not that this thing is is really segmented; it's more mm. free flowing today. But yeah. uh, you know, if you're Davy Martinez, uh, first of all, I'm sorry you're not feeling well. Mm. Uh, but second of all. What is the best way from a pitching perspective to manage this wild card game? Uh, right now, the Nationals have approximately zero relievers who I would be comfortable seeing in a close game in a wild card game uh, or in any game, to yeah. be completely honest. Uh, maybe Daniel Hudson is that one, mm-hmm. uh, especially since he's been better rested recently. Yeah, they've been really taking him off, which is interesting because the schedule's getting tougher. You'd think they'd use him more. Yep, I mean it's it's. But most most of our wins recently have been blowouts. Right, it's been either blowout which, win or fun blowout fa- loss. Fun fact about the uh, the Nats is that we haven't had a save since August sixteenth, which is wild. That's almost a month. That's a month. To, that is going to be a month tomorrow. Right. So that's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, I mean it's not really. They've had six opportunities, and they've blown all of them. So not well, great on that part. I mean, those six opportunities were they? They had the Hudson game. I mean, were they in actual save situations? I'm not exactly sure. I okay heard this stat on the broadcast today, um, but uh, but yeah, because most of our wins this month have been blowouts. So right as of most of our losses. Mm-hmm. 
So it's uh, yeah, I agree. Hudson's the probably our most you know is I would expect to be the closer in October because Doolittle yeah. still doesn't look great. Still you know, not today getting gave up and misses on his fastball. No, gave up three long fly balls today. I'm still pre- he's not giving up runs. He's not getting batters on base, but he's not making it easy because uh, yeah. he's not he's, he's not certainly not the being same. dominant. No, so I would go with Hudson. I mean, you, I think Doolittle's still pitchable in a close game. Would uh, you use him as sort of a a floating uh, relief face against lefties? I would consider I would consider him. Let's say you have a situation where you have a lefty coming up, and it's like the middle of the eighth inning, like eight, one out, and you have a big lefty coming up. I would use him as a loogie plus essentially. He's not only because he can still get you know he's not only against lefties. Is he the type of guy? But he can go in when a situation calls for it against a big lefty in a big situation, and then you can leave him in a little bit longer. Sure. So that, I think he that becomes, makes sense. I think he becomes a lot more useful as a non-closer in the playoffs because we don't have a lefty who can get out. That is true, and I think that's probably a good enough reason, to, even if he was looking great, honestly, to keep him out of the closer's role. Yeah. But um, – um, but for the wild card game, I mean, it looks pretty obvious at this point that Corbin's going to be in the bullpen. Uh, yeah, the Nats Davey pretty been, much hint, hinting it yeah. pretty heavily, and I think that's the right move. I 100% agree with that. Um, as for that, you know, he's a guy who can get lefties out, and you know, if he's going with Scherzer to start the game, they're going to pound probably fill up a lineup with lefties depending on who it is. Uh, Come in Corbin who can give you one, maybe two innings, kind of shortens the game. For Scherzer, who still doesn't look, you know, he won't be 100%. Yeah, it's just I think not we happening. probably say that. I mean, he he looked very good on Sunday, but as good as he looked on Sunday, he was equally concerning uh, on Friday. Yeah. Uh, his fastball didn't have, apart from a couple fastballs in the second inning, it didn't have – you don't really need to look at the radar gun, although the radar gun was – you know, the showings there were not great. It's so much more so the life on the fastball. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's you, when you can tell the Scherzer is getting maximum extension when the ball's running arm side and, and appearing to rise. Uh, and he didn't have that on Friday. Uh, and it's – you know, he's got – two, possibly three more starts in the regular season, hopefully two. Uh, he would honestly need to blow me away in those two starts for me to be convinced he should start the, uh, the wild card game. Yeah. So, if it, so I mean, if not, depending on who the matchup is, because uh, Annabelle's one person you're t- we talked about before the show and is a galaxy brain idea is Annabelle Sanchez to start the game. Mm-hmm. You know, the obvious, if you're not going with Scherzer, the obvious choice is Strasburg, who has right. a good postseason pedigree, has come up big in big games for us. Um, but the other option is Sanchez, who has looked good in his last couple starts. He dominated the Cubs his last time out against them. Um, and so that's another, and he looked great today. I mean, seven innings, a three-hit ball against a very good lineup. I mean, and obviously, if you're going to start Sanchez, the... You know, the ideal would be for him to go nine, or the ideal for him would be to go deep in the game. But the sort of realistic idea would not be for him to go deep so much as it is 
for you to, if you can get him through one or maybe two times through the order, you know, four innings, five innings max, uh, then to be able to turn the ball to your three starting pitchers who are miles better than anything you have in the bullpen. Uh, now, obviously, that raises questions uh, mm -hmm. about how you would then approach the NLDS if you did win it. And that puts you at such a big disadvantage if you do that. For the it NLDS. does. Because they're but, throwing, you know, if you're facing the Dodgers, they're throwing, you know, Ryu or Kershaw that game one. You're going to have to throw either a tired, you're going to throw a tired, probably Scherzer or someone like that. Didn't and, the, the Diamondbacks in 2017 in the wild card game throw Taiwan Walker, Robbie Ray, and Zach Greinke? Possibly. I think they did, which would mean that there's precedent for it. Uh, they got swept. Yeah, they did. They were well. They were playing a, a juggernaut Dodgers team. Yeah. No, I mean nothing in common with the Nationals. No, no. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. There's, I mean, there could be precedent for it, but it's not good precedent. No, it didn't. I mean, it worked. It got them through that game. Sure, that I mean, that game was ridiculous. So what was the score? Like nine eight? No, it was a uh, wasn't it eleven eight? Yeah. Yeah, like eleven eight. Where and Archie so, Bradley had a big bases clearing triple. Uh huh. Yeah, that was wild. Uh, and they only used Granky and Ray, so okay. they didn't even use Walker. So it's Walker's. not a perfect analog. No. I mean, I think you could – let's say you start Sanchez. I think you could put – I'd put Scherzer in the bullpen. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about Scherzer in the pen. No. <clears throat> 2017. That's, um, it's not even just that. It's the fact that the big issue he seems to be having is uh, getting full extension and going 100% uh, on pitches, individual pitches. Mm -hmm. uh, and asking him to do that over an inning, where instead of going 100%, he's going 110% on every pitch. Uh, I mean, it, it worries me. Yeah. So uh, you'd probably put Strasburg in the bullpen and Corbin. Right. And then which, save Scherzer for a game one. Which isn't the worst idea in the world. No, because you still have Scherzer for a game one. Right. You've got, you've got you know, your future Hall of Fame pitcher. On the mound for game one. And then you can probably you know, you put assume, like Strasburg. You still probably put Strasburg in for game two. Right. If Strasburg and Corbin can each get through an inning or two, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's it's not the worst idea that's ever been had. No. If if the Nats had even two reliable relievers, they would need to do this. I mean, I, but they've got one, maybe. Yeah. It's, it's not going to happen. No. It's not because it's it's a very second guessable move. Yeah, and your best move is putting your your best pedigree starter out there. Well, your your least second guessable move. Yeah, and uh, I, you can't. I don't think you can really criticize Davey for putting Scherzer out there on a big game, because everyone. I mean, if I were in Davey's shoes, I would ninety nine percent chance would still do that too. I don't know at this point. If I was going to play it safe, I'd probably say play it safe with Strasburg. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, I mean, Strasburg has been much better on the second half of the season than Scherzer has. Yeah. Uh, Strasburg isn't nursing an injury. 
yeah. for the first time in his young life. Uh, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's uh, an interesting choice. Of... But on the, on the other hand, you know, Strasburg is probably a very effective weapon out of the bullpen too. Yeah. Uh, frankly, if you're playing a team like the Brewers, who are pretty lefty heavy, even without Yelich, you could start Corbin. Yeah. And then have Strasburg in relief. You could. It's it's all so much of it is up in the air at this point. Yeah. I mean the Nationals uh, are lucky that they have three guys, four guys that you can really trust in a one game playoff. Right. Well, no, they have three guys you can trust in a one game playoff, and we're telling them to start the fourth the one. Fourth guy. That's true. Uh, I mean it's it is really remarkable. They've got five, three pitchers who are over five win pitchers this year. Yeah. Uh, which, for the first time since we have to we go have, all the way back to 2017, we have uh, five five win players this year. Yeah. I mean, Soto, uh, Rendon, and then the three starters. It's pretty good. It's a, it's a very routine. stars and scrubs model. Uh, but that's, I mean, I mean, it's, I wouldn't even say it's stars and scrubs because the scrubs have been playing well offensively. It's the bullpen. Yeah. It's Howie all Kendrick. the bullpen. It, it really is. This team would be, it, I mean, this team would I, be, I think they would lead the NL East without the bullpen. Well, I mean, no, they've got nine games to make up, but I uh, don't think a six year array in the bullpen has cost them nine wins. I, no, six, but I think we should not underestimate. The fact that the bullpen hasn't just been bad, it has been historically bad. If we and make yet, the playoffs, it's the worst playoff bullpen of all time. Well, so no, because it, you know, the Nats have made several additions where they've sure. swapped out. But in terms of just ERA in general. Ungodly bad for mediocre. And that the seven relievers who would be pitching in the bullpen uh, are not, you know, they're responsible for a maybe a mid four ZRA, not a you know high fives one the Nats have. Uh, so it wouldn't be the seven that they would bring to the bullpen in a series would not be the worst bullpen of all time. No. But the Nats bullpen this entire season has been historically bad. Like we're talking top ten worst bullpens of all time bad. Mm-hmm. Uh and I think you're right that we shouldn't underestimate how many wins that's cost them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, we're, it's, it's sort of leveled off recently. Uh, because I mean, just think about, actually, our, think about how great our hot stretch was when we hadn't, didn't have a starter loss for so long. And we from, still... from June 16th to uh, the... September 1st, through September 1st, the Nats had four starter losses. Yeah. I think, you know. Just, that's insane. Yes. I mean, it's, it's impossible. I don't even know how you do that. I mean, uh, I think that team, I think in that stretch, I mean, you could have had, again, as you said, a bunch, an historically great stretch. I mean, it was a great stretch, but it could have been, you know, 2013 Dodger-esque had you had... Even a mediocre bullpen. Even a mediocre Even an bullpen. average bullpen. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the Nats did 
not. I mean, it did. The guys that they got, you know, at this at the deadline have been better than what they had, but you know they've been about as expected. The Nets have, they took out three terrible pitchers and put in three mediocre pitchers, and that's sort of. Well, we got our you know, best pitcher in the. We got our, we have our best reliever from those deadline trades. That is true, Daniel. I mean, but I don't still don't trust Daniel Hudson. I mean. It's especially with the big workload that he had in the first month that he was here. I just I don't know. I mean I don't know what you're gonna get out of him. Yeah. Uh, well. Yeah. I mean anyway. it's 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 a bad bullpen. Uh, it was historically bad. It's it's bad now. But the point is, you don't trust really trust any of the guys that are in it. Uh, and you've got three starters who you do trust. And then, you know, the other thing that we should mention is that Sanchez is not going to be useful out of the bullpen. No. Which would be another point in favor of starting him. No. Although, but, you know who could be useful out of the bullpen is Austin Voth, who we didn't talk I, about. I think his stuff is looked really good. You know, he, he loses steam quickly, which but in the first inning, especially against that first inning yesterday against the Braves, where he was able to strike out Acuna, he struck out Freeman, he struck out Donaldson. You know, Sir got Acuna on a fastball, 94, that just blew it by him. That's, well, that can play the, in the bullpen. The thing that made Voth so effective yesterday was how effective he was at locating all of his pitches. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that you don't know that a, a rookie starter is going to be able to do out of the bullpen uh, in a playoff game in a big scenario. Well, I think we try him out in the bullpen for the next two weeks. Move like we have so many stars, we can replace him. Put Helix in the rotation. I don't care. I don't know, man. I I just I think I mean you wouldn't like pitch to, him like in, this... in major situations. You would pitch him as sort of a long man. And as we've discussed, you don't need that guy. I don't know. I would rather have him than Rainey. Yeah. No. If Tanner Rainey throws a meaningful pitch in the playoffs. I mean, I, I will turn the I, television off. He's on the playoff roster as of now. He's the fifth best reliever, and yeah. that's kind of the point. Like, this bullpen is really, really bad. Yes. Uh, I mean, the, the fourth best reliever is Strickland. If you, if you had to rank them, it would. Well, I don't know. Hudson. Uh, would be yeah, Hudson. One. Hudson. Doolittle. The uh, Swero. Hudson, Doolittle, Suero, probably Rodney, Strickland, Rainey. So I guess Strickland, Rainey, Guerra. Yeah. And that's probably the playoff bullpen. Yeah, because Elias, I don't think, will come back. No. I mean, even if he did, unless he gets back in the next week, I wouldn't feel comfortable putting him on the playoff roster. No. I just, I mean, if the Nats are going to make it through even a, a longer playoff series, a division series, they are going to need some starters to pitch in relief, or they're just going to need to score a whole bunch of runs. And could you? I don't. Could you use the three-man rotation in the playoffs? Teams have done it. So you want them to use a three-man rotation with everyone on a shorter leash, or you want them to use a three-man rotation? I mean, the problem is again, you've got Max Scherzer here, and. Scherzer coming off an injury would not I would not feel comfortable starting him on three days rest. No. Uh but I mean who would you who would you put in the bullpen? Like we Corbin. said. I guess. 
Have him as I mean, a relief ace. You could do that, but I don't know that you want to take a, a six-win starting pitcher and turn him into a relief ace like that. I mean, you're taking from more, the strength and helping a weakness. That's how I see it. More likely, it's going to look like what what happened with Jordan Zimmerman in Game Four and Edwin Jackson in Game Five in 2012, where the starter whose throw day it is is going to be asked to get an inning in relief. Uh, which, I mean, yeah, it might be Corbin, it might be Strasburg. It probably won't be Scherzer. They probably won't use Scherzer that way. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, I would, you know, we're going to need to see some starters throwing innings that they're not comfortable throwing because this bullpen just it has no one you can count on. If, if they had to get nine outs in uh, a two-run game, I don't, I don't know where those nine outs are coming from. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just. I mean, I don't think you can trust Rodney. No. I mean, uh, this bullpen is so bad. It's gonna make October baseball so much more stressful. Well, the good news is it might just be one day of October baseball. Who knows? Well. Yep. We'll be back next week with a clearer picture, hopefully, on the right. playoffs. And like um, we said, four and two is the target this week. We said yeah. three and three last week, and they did that. So if you're maybe listening, that's yeah, yeah, exactly you, right. Maybe you can will it. Um, but yeah, so I hope I'm the summoner. Let's hope you are. Mm-hmm. All right, yep. we'll see you guys next week. See you next week.